never let them stop your grind And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine Why? Cause you work hard to get there When you get stuck, look up, don't just sit there There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man, that's what winners do Hey guys, and welcome back to Maddie Costanzo's podcast. So I have a couple more questions in this podcast today, and these questions um, I can thank Jazz Witty for. So big shout out to Jazz. She's got um, some good ones here for me. And so you're going to learn a little bit more uh, about me and some things you've probably heard before and some things maybe new to you. So we'll jump straight into it. Um, Jazz's first question to me is, what has helped you stay motivated to do what you do today, even when people haven't believed in you? So I thought this was a really good question to uh, start things off. And I guess it made me think a bit kind of really where did where did my, um, I guess, confidence in myself and trust in myself that I, I can do things even when people say that I can't came from. So I had a good think about it. And obviously I came to the conclusion that again, it's just sport. It's just where I grew up and what I believed in and what I got taught and the environment that I, that I grew up in. So I'm a massive believer in your environment kind of dictates where you go in life. So if you surround yourself with like-minded winning strong type people you know then that's that's who you're going to become and that's who you're going to um, start to be so obviously growing up in elite sport and traveling overseas and everything like that I was around like-minded people all the time I was getting uh, told you know you are a good athlete you're good at this you know winning awards and stuff like that that was kind of um, stepping stones to really start believing in myself more because I was achieving things and I was going places. So I think that's kind of where it started that belief in myself that I can do things. And obviously you had great coaches and mentors and you had your best friends there in camps and stuff also building you up going, oh, that was a great goal you scored today or you played awesome today. Or we used to vote for players player as well. So, you know, when you got your players player and your teammates obviously had voted for you to get players player, that's a big pat on the back and kind of stuff like that. So I think that's kind of where it all started. But the reason I stay motivated now, you know, when people don't believe in me is because of that foundation that was built. So it made me believe in who I was and what I was actually capable of. So when people said I couldn't do things or I can't do things or why are you trying that? I revert back to going, well, I got over this adversity when I was younger or um, I was good at this when I was younger. So why can't I be good at this? Or if I keep trying, trying and training and stuff like that, that's when we become good at stuff. Like I am a big believer in talent only gets you so far I don't even think we were like yes we are kind of born with natural talent but the people that make it or into certain places like whether it be sports related or anything like that it's probably because they put in the time and the effort to get there you know they've put in the extra hours more than everyone else they've trained harder than everyone else and it's their dedication their commitment that's gotten them there not just talent so I think I'm a big believer in, you know, it's kind of how far how far you're willing to go is how much work you put in um, and then whether you're going to make it or not and kind of back yourself. Um, so that's kind of where it all came from is I just backed myself because I put in the hard yards when I was younger. I trained really hard and I knew that if I wanted something in life, no matter what it was, as long as I put in the time and the effort, uh, it kept working, kept learning and stuff like that, I would be capable of uh, whatever I wanted really. Uh, so that's kind of where it all, where I think the backing myself comes from, even when people don't believe in me. The next big thing is obviously, again, with my sporting background is um, I hate losing. 
You know, um, I will admit that I am a pretty sore loser at times. Yes, I'm very humble on the field and won't take it out. But once I get to the car, you'll hear about it. Like I'll have the shits. Um, But obviously I can find that to the car and nowhere else. And that's totally fine. But I love proving people wrong. I love winning. I'm super competitive. So when people say I can't do something, that makes me just want to do it 10 times more. You know, when people don't believe in me, I just kind of, you know, in my head, I look at them and go, okay, no worries. And then like in my head, the little voice is going, watch me, like watch me prove you wrong kind of thing. So that's kind of where my mindset is uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. And yeah, just like I said, because I proved to myself so many times as a young kid, you know, and and even now with uh, injuries and stuff like that, I overcame so many uh, injuries, so many setbacks, you know, making those top level sports teams, you go through trials and trials and trials and like every single trial players getting cut saying, all right, you didn't make it to the next round. You didn't make it to the next round. And, you know, obviously each time you make it to the next round, your confidence in yourself grows a little bit more and more and more. And I was very fortunate that I made all those teams and got to travel to certain like different places. So that was a big thing for me in the sense that, uh, I backed myself because I started achieving those things. So that's kind of where, yeah, where it all started from. Um, and that's why I keep going the way that I'm going and doing the things that I do, even when people say they don't believe in me. I'm totally fine with that because I know what I'm capable of. I know that I will put in 110% and I know that I will outwork anyone in the room uh, if I am given the opportunity. So, yeah, that's that's the first answer to that first question. Uh, I like that one. Now, the next question is how did you teach yourself self-talk um and how did you teach yourself with your mindset and stuff like that so another good question um a big believer again in you need to go out and learn you need to go out and and pick up a book you know listen to a podcast go to seminars that sort of stuff so I learned a lot about myself and what I was capable of due to again the sporting background injuries setbacks and stuff like that but the things that I've learned it's because I'm willing to be open-minded to learning new things and to being told different things. I think that's a a massive um, learning curve that I had in my life is like I really just need to open up uh, to growth and to change and adapt and know that people are trying to help you nine times out of ten, you know, like they're trying to give you advice in some way and stuff like that. So, but yeah, going to seminars, like I've been to so many seminars now in Sydney um, and learning from obviously big speakers and stuff like that. And they may not even be in my field in like the fitness industry. They may be from finance or retail or whatever it is, but you can always pick up cool little nuggets from like any entrepreneur, any business owner, doesn't matter what field they're in, you can always learn little things. So that's kind of where it all started. And then obviously heaps of books. I've read so many books now. Um, I've read Mindset, you know, Think Like a Monk, Atomic Habits. There's some of like the ones off the top of my head. Uh, High Performance, uh, High Performing Habits, I think it's called, something like that, but it's by Brendan Burchard. Um, Not a Life Coach uh, by James Smith. Those sort of books, you know, they really kind of kick things off with my mindset as well and learning different tips and tricks through there. And then another big thing is obviously podcasts, which is what you guys are listening to right now. Um, I, lo- I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Um, like Andy Frisella is like a massive one. If you don't like swearing or an American dude, maybe don't listen to him. But I love it how he's just kind of like at you. He just tells you how it is. There's no sugarcoating anything with him. Um, and then obviously like Gary Vee, um, Kieran Ray, all those sort of like big talkers, their podcast so I listen to them as well and it's great about mindset and again these guys have guests on you know they're from navy seals to doctors to neuro um scientists and stuff like that so that's that's how I learned you know and then obviously putting it into practice 
it's one thing to learn something, but if you don't do anything with that knowledge, it's useless. So when you learn something, try it out. Like literally I was reading a book this morning and it was like giving me an activity about breath work. So instead of just reading on, I actually stopped and did that activity in that moment so I could learn it and put it into practice. So that's another big thing with like actually learning things is you need to actually do it. It's one thing to read it or someone to tell you and go, yeah, I'll try that later and never try it. It's useless. You need to put it into action. You need to attempt it. You need to try and try again because that's when you're going to actually learn something and that's when it's actually going to be beneficial, you know. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time reading a piece of paper and then never looking at it again or never trying it again. Um, So, yeah. That's how I learned self-talk and mindset. And I'm still learning it now. Um, it's a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. I don't think I'll ever be a professional or a pro at, you know, self-talk and mindset and, you know, be an absolute expert. Uh, I think there's always room to grow and learn new things and to change things. It's just always about being a beginner and a student to, to life, really, and, and understanding that life is a marathon and we're always going to be learning new things and that's okay we're never going to be the best at everything um you just got to keep your open mind about everything in life so yeah that's kind of where I'm at with all of that and um the next question is obviously Jazz for anyone that doesn't know Jazz uh she's a motocross rider and I met Jazz at a motocross camp um so her next question is why did you choose to work with motorbike riders now it kind of just happened. So a quick backstory is obviously I was uh, I was PT, I still am PT uh, at One Fitness and I was training obviously adults at the time, you know, we just weight loss, a few athletes and stuff like that. And then I got my first um, young athlete, my first little athlete, which is Jack Nunn. And I'm sure anyone that's watched my socials has seen Jack. So Jack's one of my um, longest clientele I think I said I think he's uh, after Riley he was like the most and he's still around Riley's gone now he um he's doing too much football um but yeah Jack stayed around the longest and he was my first motocross rider so that's how I kind of just fell into it because that was his sport and so we actually didn't even start doing performance training for uh, motocross they actually contacted me just to get Jack doing some fitness stuff so we actually started with boxing so something a little bit different you know to get him to just like try something new, have some fun, get his cardio up, get his, you know, just get his footwork moving and just having some fun. So we actually started with boxing and then eventually we kind of moved into, all right, he was getting better and better on the bike as well and stuff. And uh, we were understanding more about obviously off the bike training and the importance of it. And so I spent a lot of time researching um, because motocross is not my sport. It's not my background. Um, I think I've probably been on a motorbike maybe 10 times in my whole life. I owned a little Suzuki when I was younger and that's about it. Um, But yeah, so I had to do a lot of research, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of lot of times I was at the nuns too watching the supercross and they were teaching me about you know ruts and um, tables and stuff like that so it was pretty cool they taught me a lot um, and I am very grateful for that family and so that's how I got into motocross and training um, motocross riders is because of obviously that young family and then it just grew from there and then I got another rider and another rider and another rider and then I started turning up to like race days watching the race And I fell in love with it because it was something new. And like I said at the start of this podcast about always learning and, you know, growing is I think I loved it so much is because I was a beginner again. 
And I actually, I had all this passion because I just wanted to know everything. I wanted to learn everything. I wanted people to teach me stuff. And, you know, now motocross riders take up 80% of my clientele. Like they're literally majority of my clients. Um, and I'm very grateful. I now have a pro off-road um, motocross rider, a motorbike rider in the US. So like, that's amazing for me. So that's kind of where it all started. I just, it just happened. I just fell into it. And then from there, it's just expanded. And I love coaching the riders just because one, like I said, it's different, but two, they work so hard and they put in so much effort. They're willing to do whatever I say. Like they work 10 times harder than a lot of the other athletes. They put their blood, sweat and tears into it. And their sport is so ruthless. Like for anyone that hasn't gone and watched um, a motocross race or something, I really suggest you go watch and you go just appreciate the um, athleticism that these boys and girls have when they're on a bike because it's it's insane. Like the bike does not do all the work for them. The bike is just a tool in their sport. You know, that bike is just a tool. Those guys are the athletes. They're the ones that have to control the bike. They have to turn on and off the throttle they have to put the brakes change the gears they have to be thinking about other riders their visual like how well they can see things and how fast they can process things is insane so i highly respect uh those athletes as long as as well as every other athlete uh in this world Uh, but that's how i got into you know working with motocross riders and motorbike riders uh, the next question is what made it what motivated you to be where you are today so 100% 100% my why, which I've spoken about a lot. If you're new to this podcast, I'll quickly give you a rundown. But my why is my family. So they're the reason I get up in the morning and I want to work so hard because I want to create a lifestyle. I want to create a platform and a foundation and a business where, you know, in a couple more years, I don't have to stress about finances. I don't have to stress about um, you know, housing, housing, stuff like that, uh, like health, all that sort of stuff. I don't have to worry about it. Like, I just want to build something where I can take care of my family, you know, where I can look after my mom if she needs something, my little sister if she needs something, um, my little nephew, if he needs absolutely anything, he's got Arnie Maddie wrapped around his finger and he will get whatever he wants. So they're my why. They're why I choose to work hard now. And they're my big motivation is like when I don't want to get up or don't want to work or don't want to do something, I'm like, well, hold on a second. You're doing it for them. You know, you're doing it to create a safer, stronger, less stressful lifestyle for your whole family. And then obviously one day my partner and my kids, I want to have like a, you know, if we want to go on holiday, I don't want to have to stress about where the money's coming from. I want to go on a holiday and everything like that. So that, that's my big motivation. And then obviously the other thing is now with the kids that I coach, my motivation is them. Like I don't want to let them down. You know, when they need me, if they go, Mads, can I call you? I need to talk to you about something. 100% they can. Like Mads, can you come watch me race? Mads, can you come watch me play? 100% I will be there. Like they are my motivation, my little kids that I coach. And I shouldn't call them little kids because some of them are the same age as me. Sorry, Liam. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm there for them because they're, they're my motivation, they're my support and they're the reason I work so hard as well. So that's what motivates me to be where I am today um, and obviously progress further. And then the last one is, have you always wanted to work with younger kids and what inspired you? So when I was 17 and left school, mom said, you can do whatever you want as long as you have a job or you're studying. So I could stay at school or I could leave school. She did not mind as long as if I left school, I had a job or I was studying. So 
Me being picky and stubborn, I didn't want to work at like Coles or Woolies. Like I wanted a cool job, you know. So I found this job with Little Kickers and it's Little Kickers coaching. So it's teaching kids from 18 months old to five um, basic fundamental skills, but it's based around like football and rugby. So it was awesome. It was like right up my alley. So that was pretty cool. You're obviously teaching them about like colors and balancing and uh working around other kids you know because the classes are like 15 to 20 kids um and then obviously having coaches so getting these kids obviously listen to someone else other than just mum and dad i'm kind of getting them ready for obviously uh school and stuff like that so that was a really cool job so that was my first job and i absolutely loved it and that was kind of i think where it all started in why i loved working with kids it was just it was fun like i some days i literally did not I could not believe that I was getting paid to literally act like a big kid. You know, I was playing all these fun games, being a pirate, being a tiger, you know, kicking a football. It was like throwing a rugby ball. It was awesome. It was the best job ever. I mean, you did it with another coach too. So it was really cool. There was two coaches. You got to bounce off each other and it was just so much fun. Um, So that's kind of where it all started with um, working with kids. And then I kind of just... Kept going with that for, I think, four and a half years. And then that's why I was, and then I was studying my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness to obviously become um, a personal trainer. And then at that time, I was also, I did like one of my ACLs. Um, That's another story for another time. But then I got into coaching the under 13 Sydney Olympic girls team because I couldn't play, um, but the, the club wanted to keep me around. So it was good. So then I started coaching, obviously, the older girls at more of an elite level. And again, I loved it. Like these girls became like, you know, um, little siblings to me and they asked for advice, life advice and then football related advice and then everything else in between. So I was like, okay, I really love coaching. I really love seeing kids adapt and change. And, you know, when they need your help, you help them and then you can see how they progress, you know, if they have a little roadblock and then you've helped them overcome that. And that's such a rewarding experience. And so that's kind of where I fell in love with, I guess, coaching older kids because they could obviously respond a little bit more than an 18-month-old. Um, but, yeah, so that's where it all started with that. And then I got back to playing football and then I was PT and I actually kind of almost stopped coaching for a little bit. I was an assistant coach for then the 15s, um, but I still wasn't there as much because I was just playing and then working heaps. And that's when I was working with mainly, our, obviously, adults in just the PT world with weight loss. And then, like I said, when Riley and Jack came onto the scene as like young athletes, I really like they were the kids that I looked forward to coaching the most. Like they were my favorite sessions throughout the week because I could just do so much with them. Like they were so responsive, you know, they're willing to try everything. And no offense to adults, but adults complain way too much for my liking. So I loved kids way more because they complained less. Um, and then, yeah, so then it progressed from there and I slowly faded out the the adults and kind of pushed them into other trainers and stuff like that and then really just build up my clientele with kids obviously change my social media more to kind of promote that that's what I do now as I work with kids and then over time it just slowly changed um COVID the first time in 2020 was a massive help as well that kind of set me off to go all right when I come back from this you know I'm cutting these clients they can go to another coach and I'm 100% just going to bite the bullet and just work with kids kind of full-time so that's where that all started and yeah so that's pretty much it nice short sweet podcast um hopefully you learned something new or you know if anything you learn a little bit more about me um if you guys have any questions you want to do some q a's please send them to me on social media or in an email and i'm more than happy to answer them i love doing these podcasts i can't wait to get 
some guests on though. Um, hopefully I can do that soon once COVID decides to go away. Other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you could please share this on your socials, that would be a massive help for me. Uh, and I'll talk to you all guys soon. Bye. Yo, never let them stop your grind. And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine. Why? Because you work hard to get there. When you get stuck, look up. Don't just sit there. There's haters regardless. Just do what you do. You ain't through till it's finished, man. That's what winners do.